So my name is Carlos, I'm a compulsive overreader. Glad to be at this meeting, glad to be at any meeting actually. And uh, I'm also a, a Diet Coke and a sugar addict. I'm a, make psychologists call them polyaddicted. Uh, my number, I, I fairly recently found out my number one addiction or problem or the, the source of all my addiction issues is my relationship with food. Uh, so let me tell you some perhaps shocking facts. Um, I, I attended my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting in 1975. Essentially, I've been coming to OA ever since. A few times when I haven't. Um, and I found out what happens if I don't go to meetings. It's ugly. What happens is my sugar addiction rears its head in an obtuse way, and I go back to my sugar addiction. Um, so, um, what else do I have to say? The, oh, my, so my top weight, uh, I'm like five feet, 10, five, 10 and a half. My top weight, as far as I know, was about 260 pounds. I, my current weight is about 145 pounds. So I'm, I'm what most people consider very thin. I'm at, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 79 years old now. Uh, as far as I know, I'm in perfect health. Um, I, I don't go to the doctor and I don't have people giving me unsolicited advice about my health or pretty much anything else. The, um, What happened to me is I was born in foreign country. I was born in Ecuador. My parents were Americans working there. And uh, I was born and came to the US at the age of two. I still say I, uh, I came to this strange land of white people speaking a foreign language. So to some degree, I've always felt like out of sorts. I've always felt different from my family. Uh, uh, you know, I, I hated my family in a way. I, you know, I, I, I've always felt this sense of aloneness. About me. It would, so after all these years, so oh, I, my, I currently I've been absent for 17 years, the 18 years at the beginning of the next year. Um, you know, if you do the math, I've been attending OA for like 46, 47 years. So, you know, there's some gaps in there. Um, there's really one one large gap I'll, I'll tell you about. The, um, I recently found I'm uh, among other my other my addictions. One of the addiction one of the addictions that saves me is I'm addicted to twelve step programs. So I I about seven years ago I started going to another twelve step program called Adult Children of Alcoholics, and it was very helpful to me. To, I was able to regress myself back through means of probably beyond the scope of this meeting to go. So I was able to look at my very early relationship with food in my first couple of first two years of life. And what I found is that I was basically starved and neglected in my first two years of life. I was very emaciated and um, 
I like to say I, I missed uh, a couple of uh, very important early downloads that people get uh, at, at a very early age. Um, some of the information from these, I've concluded from a, a, long, a lot of study that uh, some of the information uh, that I missed from these early, early downloads of closeness to your nurturers, which I never experienced is uh, how much is enough. Okay. That's a very, that's, that's a very important thing to find out. I, I never found out how much enough is. So um, I also uh, found out that I missed, there's a template very early in life, people acquire these templates that they use for the rest of their lives. Another important template that I missed is how to get along with other people, you know, how to make connections with other people. So let's say my current state of 79 years old, I, I, I see where my brain takes over and and that's how I make and maintain connections. But it's not a natural faculty of mine. So, so again, my, my point is that this very early life abuse, which I fortunately I was told about by my parents. My parents told me that I was very emaciated and cried all the time. So, and the, the, the doctor, uh, told him I was, uh, I was very malnourished. I was also given a lot of, uh, tangentially, I was also given a lot of alcohol in, in my first two years of life uh, because I had a lot of, let's call it emotional problems. I made a lot of noise. And my parents and the culture I was, I was born in Ecuador. And in that culture, it's very common to give children alcohol. So I was given a lot of alcohol in my uh, early life. Um, anyway, I, I assert now, after having done a lot of study about this, that this very early life uh, patterning that I have, it, it, it completely, it, to some degree, it really screwed up my life. Um, uh, I finally understand it now. But you know, the, the what's it that our, our introduction to you, they <laughs> make a very very interesting uh, statement in that they said, it, it doesn't matter the cause of our compulsive over, you know, this, and they suggested following this, this program, um, you know, you can recover from it. I recovered from it, from my compulsive overeating by following the Overeaters Anonymous program. And I still do, you know, I have a very disciplined eating plan. Uh, so anyway, when, when I, I came to the U.S. when I was like two years old, and my my parents had a couple more kids, they lived this very normal upper middle class lifestyle, and I immediately started gaining weight. Yeah, I was able to get as much as I want to, wanted to eat, and I immediately started gaining weight, and I was basically heavy all my life. I'm the kid who used to have to shop in the Husky section at Robert Hall. There used to be a department store called Robert Hall. And I remember going there for school, school clothes and the salesman was just, oh no, you can't be, you have to go to the quote Husky section. So 
And I, I told my, my father, I was about the age of 12. My father gave me a watch uh, with a, uh, you know, elastic band on it. I had to have the band replaced by an extra large one. Because, and so what was said about me was that I had uh, large bones. I didn't have large bones at all. I was, I was fat when I was, uh, when I was young. The, um, let me try to fast forward. I was, um, as I say, I'm pretty emotionally screwed up. Um, I was able to get along with other kids, but you know, I was always overweight. But my current weight, I weigh less now than I did when I was like 11 years old. So this this overweight thing, it's been it's been a, a pox on my my life. Uh, that, in addition to my alcoholism and my sugar addiction, so. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be alive today if I hadn't come to Overeaters Anonymous or been directed to come here and continued to come here. Uh, one of the saving graces I have is that I'm an extremely persistent person. I just had to be very, very careful about what I persist in. So, so I've always persisted. I've always, I always attended meetings, Overeaters Anonymous meetings. Um, how I got, I'll try to shorten this up. I got to, I can't, I got to, I experienced a remarkable change in my life at the age of 31. In a space of about a year, I, I became a vegetarian. I stopped drinking alcohol. Uh, I stopped smoking cigarettes. And I ended up my first 12-step program, Alcoholics Anonymous. What happened was when I, I, after stopping drinking, I stopped smoking and I immediately gained like 40 pounds. Um, as I said, I was slightly overweight, I weighed maybe 230 when I, when I came to AA. Um, I started lifting weights and things like that in order to knock down my weight. My, my eating became out of control after I stopped smoking. And I began binging on high carbohydrate, on candies, basically. I remember um, this is in the days back in the 60s and 70s when they still had like candy stores on corners. So I was working as a consultant, a computer consultant in a crummy town in New Jersey. And um, I used to go to the candy store there. And I would order wholesale quantities of my favorite candies. I, so I so I so I hear I stopped drinking, lost a little bit of weight. Then I stopped smoking, and I immediately gained like forty or fifty pounds. And I was binging on carbohydrates. This is when I began to battle with it. When I began to recognize that I had a, a, an eating problem, I also began carrying food around with me in my car everywhere I went. I was obsessed that, with the fact that I wasn't going to get enough to eat. So, um, eventually, um, I, two friends of mine from, I, from Alcoholics Anonymous came to me at an AA meeting when I was 33 years old. I had just finished uh, fasting for, I, I went uh, 22 days without eating anything. I was trying to control my, what I saw was a sugar addiction. And um, I reasoned that I had blood sugar metabolism problems 
And I read about, I, I talked to a couple of guys in AA who'd had pancreatitis and they were essentially fasting in the hospital. So I tried doing it on my own and um, people were horrified. They thought I was going to die because I, you know, go a long period of time without eating anything. That's just drink of water. You know, I lost like 30, 40 pounds in this period of, uh, you know, three weeks. The, uh, so anyway, two friends of mine from AA came to me at an AA meeting and told me that there was this, he said, Carlos, there's this new thing. It's called Overeaters Anonymous. So this is in 1974. So there's this great new thing called Overeaters. They use the same 12 steps. They just substitute the word food for alcohol. And then they, they pointedly uh, said, and we think you should go to Overeaters Anonymous. Was pointing at me, but they were standing over me too. I was sitting at a table, I'm looking up at them. Yeah, they're like directing me to go to Overeaters Anonymous. So, you know, I'll show them. I did go, but not until three weeks later when I dreamt up the idea on my own. Right. So that's how I got to my first Overeaters Anonymous. It was in the the public library in Hackensack, New Jersey, and um, I, I arrived a little bit late. Um, I'm the only guy in the room. I'm late. I come in, I sit in the back of the room unobtrusively. And some woman in front of me, uh, you know, taking up a whole chair, turns around and looks at me in a very loud whisper that everybody could say, what are you doing here? So anyway, I, I, I listened. I said, it was like, it was a revelation. You know, it was like a spiritual experience to listen to people and looking at some of the literature is un unbelievable. I, I, I suddenly felt, I had this loosening up. I felt, my God, I'm home. So I got the literature. And back then, over, I, I mean, some of you may know of the infamous gray sheet, right? Back then, Overeaters Anonymous had a food plan. And let's say my understanding of it was if you followed the food plan, you were abstinent. If you didn't follow the food plan, you were not abstinent. Okay. The food plan told you what you could eat. You had choices, but it said you could you can eat like a one cup of broccoli. You can eat, you know, four ounces of this, two ounces. Um, you were, I, I basically, I weighed and measured with a measuring cup and a postal scale, everything I ate for the first three and a half years, I was in Overeaters Anonymous. So there was a there was a downside to this. Well, the upside was I lost I lost what I thought was all my weight. I went down, you know, I got I got down to I don't know 150 pounds, something like that. I looked completely normal. My business took off. Um, there was a downside to it. I was hungry for the first two and a half years I was in Overeaters Anonymous. Every day, all day long, I, I was just ravenous, ravenously hungry. I had this terrible sugar addiction, which I, I wasn't eating sugar, but, you know, I just thought about this stuff. I just, you know, toughed it out. I noted later, what happened was I, I worked the 12 steps. And I noted that my, this terrible hunger and, you know, craving that I had sort of generalized craving went away after I did my fifth step. 
I did my fifth step with my Overeaters Anonymous Ben sponsor, a very intelligent woman who's a superintendent of the the New York school system. Very smart person. Carlos, 15 uh, minutes. So I have, oh, so 15 minutes has gone by. Yes, sir. You have 10 left. You have 10 left. Uh, Hopefully I can say something intelligent in the remaining 10 minutes. So I, I, yeah, it was only in hindsight that I was able to see that that doing the fifth step and telling this this woman, uh, really a close confidant of mine. So what do I mean by close confidant? Back in the New York New York area, there used to be there used to be a winter conference at the oh the Concord Hotel, one of the old Jewish uh, hotels in like February or March, the OA used to have a conference there. And so, um, you know, it was like a, a long weekend retreat. So I went to one of these with my my then wife and my uh, one-year-old daughter. And so I, so I was at a, you could make food choices. I'm, I, I, I was at a, a table where I could serve myself vegetables and, and make my own portions. Well, back then it was a, it was a complete no-no to take a second helping of anything. And I remember I took a second helping of, of a few green beans. I mean, I'm, I'm like squeaky clean abstinent. I've lost all my weight. I'm in OA like two years, three years. I took like a second, a slight second helping of, of uh, green beans. I like fell apart. I'm looking around, who can I tell? I have to get rid of them. You know, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I broke my abs. I shouldn't have done that. I, you know, <laughs> so I'm thinking, there's, I'm surrounded by compulsive overeaters, like 500 compulsive overeaters. I got nobody to talk to. <laughs> I go downstairs to the payphone and I call my sponsor who didn't come. She's back in New York, back in near New York City in the suburbs. And I, so I, I make this big confession to her. So I, I'm, I'm telling you, I got driven, driven by my addictions into a closeness with my OA sponsor that I would never have otherwise gotten to. So, um, yeah, so I lost all my weight. Uh, what I thought was all my weight, you know, I'm down that way. Like I, I look normal, 155. I've become a success in business. I'm wearing custom-made suits, and I'm, uh, you know, a highly paid uh, uh, computer network design back in the 1970s and early 80s. Um, and then what happened? Then I started going to India. India, it's basically, it was impossible for me to go to India and not eat things that had sugar. And I just kind of like figured, well, God's going to take care of this. So here I am, I'm seven, seven, eight years. I mean, what a friend of mine's therapist called stark raving abstinent. You know, I'm still pretty much weighing and measuring everything I eat. 
<laughs> I go to India. I'm in, you know, spiritual, I'm in spiritual la-la land. You know, I'm obsessed with, you know, I have a guru. I'm on the banks of the Ganges. And, uh, uh, so, so what I reasoned that God was going to take care of me. And when I'd step on the plane and come back, you know, the, the little bit of sugar I would eat in India, you know, I reasoned that wasn't going to bother me. It eventually led to me being out of, uh, not being abstinent from sugar for overall about a 10 year period. Um, I, and I was able to maintain my thin weight. Uh, uh, what else? Five minutes, Carlos. Okay, great. Um, What's the next most important thing I could say? I, 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 I finally came back to Overeaters Anonymous and I remember going to a meeting. I didn't go to meetings for about six months or so. And I, was, I, saw, I saw what it's like to want to get to a meeting, to feel that I needed to be abstinent and knock off all the stuff, you know, the, the high carbohydrate stuff I was eating. You know, I, I, I didn't gain a lot of weight. I'm still, I'm still following, I'm still basically following the gratian. You know, three meals a day, nothing in between, one day at a time. The problem is I'm eating a bunch of carbohydrates at dinner. So uh, finally I came to a meeting like 17, 18 years ago in Carson City, Nevada. And I just felt, you know, it's like I, it's like I woke up. I had a, like a spiritual experience at the meeting. I walked out of the meeting, and I've been abstinent ever since. So, if anybody were to ask me, and but nobody has recently, if a newcomer, if if anybody were to ask me what they should do in order to get and remain abstinent when they're first coming to the program, what I would tell, them, from what I know now, it's fall on the floor, face down, facing whatever way you think God is, whether it's north or towards Bunker or wherever it is, and pray to God that, that you will, you will be, that you will have a conversion experience, a, a non-rational conversion experience, and that you can be absent. So, you know, I'm a smart rat. I'm an Ivy League graduate, for God's sakes, you know. I've, I've been up and down the ringer with this thing. You know, without God's grace, you know, I'm basically gone. You know, they, they, talk, about, they talk about this in AA. So, you know, um, basically, I'm, I'm looking for, I need a miracle in my life on a daily basis just to, just to have a normal day. Otherwise, I'm toast. You know, I'm an alcoholic. I'm, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a sugar addict. You know, I have a long, long history of emotional uh, malfunctioning, shall we say. You know, I can, I can surmount all these things by, uh, you know, with God's grace on a daily basis. So, so I meditate, you know, I go out of my way, my, out of my way to meditate uh, every morning. I, you know, I still... I've seen it all in a way, you know, <laughs> as I said, it came in in the days of Gracie. I, I suggest to anybody that they at least review 
the food, the original food plans of OA, and at least have a passing knowledge. Um, I thought I had a heart attack about five years ago. It turned out I did not. But what it caused me to do was to go back and reevaluate my, my diet. I ended up on a heart attack recovery food plan. Then I had an extensive battery of tests. I never, I never did have a heart attack. I think the problem was I'm addicted to condiments. I was using like too much soy sauce every day. <laughs> I think that's what happened to me. So, but I'm still on this heart attack type food plan. So what happened is I, I, I started on this. I mean, it's no fat. It's no, no meat, no eggs, no, no dairy, no, none, 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 none. It, I call it the no food plan. If you want to know what's on the, if it's, if something's on the food plan, the answer is no, it's not. So, so anyway, I followed this food plan. I ended up losing another like 25 or 30 pounds. And I got, I'm as shocked as, as anybody that I'm 145 pounds now. I'm also in excellent shape and I'm extremely strong. I've been to the base of Mount Everest twice in the last four years. So to put some skin, I took that picture of Mount Everest that's in back of me on the virtual background uh, back in 1990. So uh, anyway, uh, I don't have much more to say. Uh, yeah, develop a relationship with a higher power and go to as many uh, Overeaters Anonymous meetings as you possibly can. And, uh, you know, with God, God's grace, you'll get this thing. So uh, thanks for letting me share.